Recording in progress. My name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 703. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being, is a parent's self-understanding. You haven't told me to turn off my heater yet. Yeah, turn off your heater, okay. heater sweetie. Thank you for rem- reminding me. I get cold when I come down here and... I get a little high maintenance when it comes to audio quality for our listeners. It did affect the sound. I don't know if everybody was listening, but it like it it is a it is a white noise I in hate the background. White noise. Not know. a fan of the white noise. I know. You always have the bathroom fan going on. I know. To take some of the humidity out of the yep, air or whatever. Yeah, it's there for a reason. And uh, I just can't stand white noise. I know, babe. And it's, in the car, when like there's, you always like turn off sound. You're like, I just need quiet. Turn them in a bad. Turn in a bad. Terminator Wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. White noise. Those are uh, two of our three kids and then Owen. Yes. Our one of, former neighbor kid. Yes, one of our best friend's kids. Who's now a young man. Yes, he's now eight, 19. That sounds about right. And how old are they? When, do it again. Play it again. All right, let me turn it up. Because it's see. Cameron and JC and Owen. Terminator of bad. Terminator of bad. Terminator of bad. <laughs> and they say terminate instead of tournament yeah that's what they sweeties. do um so here's the deal kathy and i've been doing a lot of podcasting lately lately a lot of teams and a lot of pop culturing mm-hmm. we had a plan to um do a ask me anything the last friday of every month uh-huh. and because we've been doing so many podcasts lately and we're going uh on a little vacation spring break we decided to combine these two ideas and have an Ask Me Anything on our regular Tuesday podcast. So the two ideas you're combining, because you just said a bunch yeah. of things, are just our Tuesday podcast is going to be Ask Me Anything this month. This month, this week. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah, because we don't have we don't the, have bandwidth. the bandwidth to yeah. do another podcast. Because we've done like five pod- podcasts in the last three days. I know. Like. We're having a hard time speaking. <laughs> um, so, But I do hope that we will, maybe in April... it'll be an ask me anything and and you could submit questions on our website and you can look in the show notes to click on the link and you could either speak into your microphone on your phone or your computer and ask and we're going to play one of those questions here today or you can just submit it via email and we'll do our best to get to it so this is a real ask me anything though todd it's not like we're not doing no no we're doing it it's just on a tuesday instead of a friday right we're just going to make this our podcast um That's right. So I do want to do a few things. One is we have some new Team Zen members, and I just want to acknowledge them and say thanks for joining the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeannie from Naperville, Corinne from Lincoln, California, Carrie from Elmhurst. I don't know how to spell her name, uh, pronounce her name, Tatjana, T-A-T-J-A-N-N-A, Tatjana. Okay. From Charleston, South Carolina, Gina and Don. And it's not Tatiana? It's not. It's T-A-T-J. Okay. Uh, Gina and Don from Charlotte, North Carolina, Jennifer from, Sit- from Sitka, Alaska, and Janine from Orland Park. Awesome. Thanks to all those Team Zen members. We have a whole bunch of things offered at Team Zen. Head on over there. It's 25 bucks a month. You can I, can I say this. something? Sure. I think a lot of the people who just joined Team Zen, not a lot, but some of them joined because I'm offering a class called Understanding Our Daughters. Yes. Um, and, and that's on April 5th, I think. And it's exclusive to Team Zen, so people are joining Team Zen to take that class. So if you join Team Zen... Um, for that class, if you, well, I'd go through a lot of direction, but anyway, we'll, we'll be in touch with you about the class. So if you've joined team Zen and you're like, but where's the class? Don't worry. We will get to you and make sure that you are SVP and that you're there. The day after that virtual class, sweetie, Uh you have women's group. Yes. Virtual I, women's group on April 6th. So that's the thing about Team Zen, why I'm kind of excited. I know some people are like, okay, I'm joining Team Zen so I can take this class and that's it. But the thing is, is we have all these other things. Yeah. <laughs> we like, I have a women's group that's the next day. We have a group for um, uh, micro communities that focus on separation and divorce. We have a micro community that focus on neurodiversity. We have all these, all these like community resources. It's just kind of like a great place to be. We have Michelle and Lauren from the Sisters Sister Project, Project, which is last week's podcast. They're going to join teams on, on April 17th. And that's our, they're going to be our expert Q&A. Yeah. So we do so many fun things. So you're doing the Understanding Our Daughters in April and John Duffy and myself are doing Understanding Our Sons in May. Awesome. So... 25 bucks. Give us a try. And if you can't, you just can't. If you don't like it, you just cancel it. Yeah, that's the nice thing is no like deal. we're not going to make you be obligated to anything. Okay, so you do a Zen Parenting Moment, uh-huh. and I'm going to um, just give the 
So you had a quote, uh-huh. Evelyn from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh-huh. And I'm going to play that quote, mm. and you tell me when to stop. Okay. Because it's two minutes long. But her her line that you share in your Zen Parenting moment is in the front end. Oh, it's in the front end. But then okay. you just give me the old... The sign? The cutthroat sign okay. or whatever it is. All I right, will. here we go. You are getting fat. And you never call me, even though we have a family plan. And it's free. You only visit when you need something. You got a tattoo, and I don't care if it's supposed to represent our family. You know I hate tattoos. And of all the places I could be, why would I want to be here with you? Mm. Yes, you're right. It doesn't make sense. Evelyn, Bishola, Gola. Let her finish. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe there is something out there, some new discovery that will make us feel like even small pieces of shit. Something that explains why you still went looking for me through all of this noise. And why, no matter what, I still want to be here with you. Always, always want to hear with you. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. It's a mother-daughter conversation going on there. It is the uh, the most, I mean, you need to see everything everywhere all at once. You need to see the whole movie to understand how we get to that moment. But that is the climactic moment yeah. of the movie. And I don't think we're even ruining anything by playing it because you no. need to understand everything else. It's a whacked movie. It's an awesome movie. Awesome. To me, I think it's a meaningful movie. Oh, totally. I agree. And, and so that I love that quote because basically the the this week's Zen Parenting Moment or last week's Zen Parenting Moment was about um, the fact that we need to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. And when we meet people where they are, that's the only place we really need to be. Yeah. And, you know, that scene, she and her daughter obviously have a lot of conflict, but basically what she's saying is even in the messiness, even in the conflict, even when you do things that I don't approve of, even when you're frustrated at, at me, there's nowhere else I want to be but with you. And I think most of us feel that way, but we we have a tr- we have trouble with the messy. Well, you have seen that movie twice. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it once. Mm-hmm. I do hope to revisit it. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts is who's the the um the guy from Goonies who won the Waymond. It, his name is Waymond in the movie. What's his what's his name in real life? Do you remember? Uh Key. I don't know. Key. I know his first name's Key. Um, so Key has, he's like the optimist, I think, mm-hmm. right? Googly eyes. And he says that it's hard, it takes energy to be optimistic. I feel like pessimists judge the optimist as if, as if they're delusional and this Correct. is the easiest thing. Yeah. And it's not, no. it's hard to look and see the glass is half full. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's pessimistic. There's part of, part of all of us that's pessimistic sure. and there's parts of us that are all optimistic. But I love that. I don't remember what the quote was exactly, but he's like, it's hard to stay upbeat all the time. What he says is that it. he says, basically, none of us know what's going on. Yeah. Everything is scary. So why don't we just be kind because we're all so confused? Yeah. Like, I'm not quoting at verbatim, but that's what he's saying. Like, everybody's like, I don't know what's going on, so I'm going to go after you. Or I don't know what's going on, so I'm mad at you. Or I don't know what's going on, so I hate you. And he's like, none of us know what's going on, so why don't we do the opposite and be kind to each other? And, you know, his, like, the reason I said googly eyes, for those of you who don't know the movie, he, like, he, he puts googly eyes on like loads of laundry and on clothes and stuff like that to be silly and yeah. fun and loving. And he, it's a, it's a representation of like, why don't we look at life with a different lens? And why do we take everything so damn serious? Why do we, why don't we just love each other and recognize that there, I- there is no better place to be. And in that, what I was writing about was I was writing about, um, that I don't, I think I know I wrote about my mom mm-hmm. because I was writing about the fact that, you know, when my mom, you know, my mom didn't know me at the end, everybody, you mm-hmm. know, it's when dementia is brutal and um, she would sometimes not know who I was. And so I wrote about how, you know, sometimes I'd have to introduce myself to her and tell her that I was her daughter and make sure she was safe. Um, so she would know she was safe. 
And then after that, I just met her where she was. Like if that's that's where we were, and that's where I'm supposed to be is with my mom when she's dealing with that. Right. And it, it's the same with our kids when they're teenagers and they're having a hard time when they're, um, you know, in in a messy place when they're struggling when they're grieving. You know, sometimes we want to jump over it or not have to deal with it, or we say, "Why me?" or "I shouldn't have to." That's where we're supposed to be at that time. Meet everybody where they are because anything else is not real yeah <laughs> like i i don't it sounds like a funny thing to say meet them where they are because where else are you going to meet them yeah so it's not like you're going to withhold your love until they're doing all the things you want them to do or if you are doing that that's going to be a problem yeah so anyway we should do a pop culturing on everything everywhere all at once Oof. I would have to really study Mm -hmm. that one. Speaking of pop culturing, we have done, uh, just so everybody knows, because there's probably a lot of podcast listeners that have never listened to our pop culturing podcast, but this is our, this is our theme song. It's a lot different than the Zen Parenting theme song. So basically what you have to do, everybody, is if you like Zen Parenting Radio, you got to scroll below where it says pop culturing because Todd's going to put it in the notes. Mm-hmm. Click on it and follow Yeah, because we it's a different podcast. It's Todd and I, and it falls under the Zen Parenting Radio um, umbrella because it's us. But we talk about pop culture. We talk about movies and we talk about TV shows from a Gen X perspective, and it's super fun. And we've recorded three. We took a long hiatus. <laughs> we've recorded three break. this week, I think. Yeah. What are the three that we were? So the one that's already out is Grease. Mm-hmm. We did 1978's Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, mm-hmm. where Todd uh, has come to the conclusion that Kinnicky is over overacting. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and more. It? Bobby Wheeler. Bobby Wheeler. Uh, well, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Conaway is yeah. his name, but his character is Kinnicky. Then we did The Hangover, mm-hmm. and that will probably release tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Oh. Um, and then we just, we're talking about the next one we're going to do. Come and knock on our door. Yes, we decided to do Three's Company. I have no idea why we decided to do that. I think it was my idea. And I think it's just because I wanted to make fun of the part. We don't even know if we brought this up when we recorded. What? When they keep acting after... The credits roll? Yeah, when the credits are rolling, they keep acting. <laughs> they keep falling down and lifting each other up and stuff. Um, yeah, they're like, it's like it's like an energy release at yeah. the end. They're like going nutty. So we spent an hour talking about, and I got like, I got to do my taxes. I got so much <laughs> stuff. And le- yesterday I literally did like three hours of research <laughs> on, on freaking Three's Company, which is hilarious. So basically follow, um, you know, subscribe or follow, however they say it these days with podcasts. Um, pop culturing because we have a bunch coming out and um, they're fun, especially if you're on spring break or you just like need something light to listen to. Yeah. It's we're just talking about things you already know about, but yeah. we're taking it a step deeper. That's right. Uh, all right. So, are you ready for the ask me anything, sweetie? Yeah, I don't know what these questions are. Yeah. So I've not okay. prepped Kathy, and I've barely even done anything with them either. So it's not like I know much more. But um, like I said, you can either submit it by recording your voice or sending an email. Uh, I'm, we've only gotten one question since we started this. No, that's not true. We got three. I'm not done. Oh, I'm sweetie. sorry. With the voice. Okay, with the so voice. So I'm going to play the voice first. Okay. Uh, just because I think that's more fun. So you can email it, but I, it's more fun when you when you speak it so I can play it on the podcast. So okay. Here we go. All right. Where the kisses are. Hi, Kathy and Todd. My name's Katie from Hampshire, Illinois. Been listening for about 10 years now. Ooh. Love the show. I have three kids and two are daughters. My daughters are currently in fifth and eighth grade. And I've noticed that I love the bonding time when we get to watch a good TV show or movie that they're finally mature enough to watch with me. And like Kathy, I find them to be teachable moments. So I was wondering if Kathy could share a list of favorites to watch with preteens and young teens. Mm. Thank you. Favorite TV shows to watch with a fifth grader and an eighth grader in an effort to kind of help them navigate this tricky world. Is yeah. that so? Um, I will first say before we come up with any ideas off the top of our heads, mm-hmm. I think generally speaking, including myself, us parents are a little naive on what our kids are surrounded with. Mm-hmm. Like, surrounded by. Surrounded by. Like, we'll be like, well, they're in fifth grade, so they're not ready for that. I would like 
decrease your perception or increase it, which whatever direction you want to go in, and know that they probably experience and have conversations and hear kids talk in the cafeteria about stuff that we don't think is quite appropriate yet. At the same time, that doesn't mean we then show them those things. Like I, True, I agree but you don't, with you, you Todd. Don't, you don't want to come off with, um, and I, if we as parents engage in conversation and we're like talking to our sixth grader as if they're fourth graders, it could be a really big turnoff to that child. Yeah, like there's... I think what you're saying is important, and that is to be more aware of what our kids are exposed Correct. to. At the same time, I don't think what you're saying here is so. Since they're exposed, yeah, you can let show them watch them. rated yeah. R movies when they're seven that. years old. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that. Right. I, um, you know, it, it's hard. I, I think that you know, fifth and eighth are such different ages. And and when you said fifth and eighth, I, I thought about the fact that when I, um, I used to do a lot of sex education in the schools, like I'd go out and teach kids sex ed and I would teach the fifth graders first and I had them for an hour or an hour and a half and then I would go teach the eighth graders after and it'd be an hour, an hour and a half and they were like two completely different conversations. Yeah. Um, and I know you're not asking about sex ed or or, so, or shows that discuss that, but it's just a demonstration of how they're in such a different place. Um, what I will say about, I'm just going to give a little overview of fifth and eighth grade. You know, many of you who have this age, you already know. But in fifth grade, the, there's a big shift where in fourth grade, there tends to be in the educational setting, a shift to more responsibility. And um, it's because their brains are growing and they, they're capable of taking on more responsibility. And then in fifth grade, I used to teach fifth grade for a long time. I felt like they were still kids, but they could talk to me about deeper things. Um, and obviously, I have three daughters who have all been in fifth grade. So it's kind of like this beautiful time where you don't feel like you're dealing with little, little kids anymore. They can talk to you about really interesting things, but they are still you know, they're on the other end of, um, they haven't been exposed to everything yet. And I know that our kids are learning things earlier, but they don't fully understand what they're seeing. Um, and so eighth grade, there is most kids, not all have gone through puberty or they're in the middle of it. Um, they are having more adult type feelings and interactions. Their brain has grown to a place where they, you know, the they abstract thinking starts around when they're eight years old, but it's like in eighth grade, they can kind of, that's when they start to push back on things. Like, wait, I have a different opinion about this. Like I see this differently, or now I've had an experience that is different than yours. And, you know, their eighth grade, especially depends on the school. Like sometimes eighth grade is the beginning of high school. And sometimes it's the end of elementary school. And for some kids, it's the end of middle school. So it just depends on where you live. But if you have a middle school that's sixth, seventh, and eighth, eighth graders think they're pretty hot stuff (laughs) until they get to their high school yeah so there's like they really believe that they kind of know what's going on and they do in their age group it's not that they're that but they're kind of naive to the world so i say that only because they're in very different worlds and so if you are trying to watch something together i think you're still kind of dealing with um You've got to kind of cater to the younger one, right? Like I, th- what I, I was starting to think about, what are the movies that my kids and I still love that we all watch together, even when Skyler was really little? My kids love B movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, B movie has, um, it, you know, it's Jerry Seinfeld's movie. I think it's kind of becoming a cult classic in some ways. When it came out, I don't think it was that much of a hit, but we watched that so much. And there's the, it's just like any, you know, um, cartoon type movie where when you're a kid, certain jokes are funny, and when you get older, you realize that it's a little more adult than you thought. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of is this in between space where we really love that movie, and we've all seen it so many times that in our house we do be movie quotes a lot of the time. Um, you know, every Pixar movie, you know, what's interesting is that I'd almost want to like know what your kids are interested in. Well, that's what I was going to say is I appreciate this question. I know why I think her name is Katie. I know why she's asking is asking this question. Mm -hmm. And my response would be whatever it is that you guys want to watch, that's what you should watch. And what I mean by that is use whatever's showing up in their worlds as the uh, energy, as the inspiration to have conversations to help them um, grow up in this world. Like I, I know it's totally outdated, but friends, I remember Dr. Duffy, 
used to talk about how Friends is such a good show. Okay, maybe Kathy said it. <laughs> I don't know. I he said it. You probably you've said it as well. So I feel like you're you're mad that I did not <laughs> no, no, give no, you credit. No, no, no. It's fine. It's just like I feel like with Friends. I'm like. Um, Friends has been like my go-to with my girls forever. But the thing is, is I wouldn't say to everybody, so go watch Friends. Mm -hmm. I think that I I felt like, like I wouldn't be like, show your fifth grader Friends if they haven't watched it. Because there's a lot of innuendo in it. There's a lot of... Um, uh, you know, issues that come up that they that you may not want to discuss. But I also think your kids probably friends might be outdated now. I'm sure it is. You know it's what I mean? Canceled 20 years ago. What I was thinking you were going to say, Todd, was I thought you were going to say like Star Wars, mm. like Star Wars, not just the movies, but all the spinoffs. So like, for example, there's a lot in The Mandalorian. Now, if your kids love science fiction or they love Star Wars, The Mandalorian is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, there is some violence in it. You know, there's like huge action sequences. Um, it depends on what you think your kids are ready for. Yeah. And this is like, a, but is there a lot to talk about in The Mandalorian? You bet. There's well, some really, really deep, you know, themes. I want to just give a resource. And if I, am, if I can remember, include this resource in the show notes, commonsensemedia.org. Are you familiar with that oh, website? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they have a section, family TV shows to watch together, and they break it down by age. And uh, in the tweens, 10 to 12, is Mandalorian. Oh, good, So it's one good. of them in there. Good. So I will include this link in the show notes because they break it down from, you know, preschoolers all the way to teenagers, 13 to 18. So maybe that'll help a little bit. And I also think, like, what's kind of interesting now, and this happened all the time in our generation, too, is what books are your kids reading? Because a lot of times, like, if your kids are reading a book and then you can show them the movie or the TV show that connects to it, sometimes they're not ready for the TV show, but they can read the book, you know? Like, and sometimes, you know, sometimes vice versa. They're not ready for the book, but they want to watch the show to get started. But I kind of feel like you... Your kids have certain interests, and if they have overlapping interests, that's ideal. But if they don't, sometimes, because I'm thinking about, like, my girls weren't all interested in the same thing, but they definitely had a respect or an understanding of what their siblings were interested in, and they knew that pulp, that pop culture as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if one kid wanted to watch, like, for example, JC is really into nature, and she's really, in, she she got really into climbing, um, like what he does in Free Solo. Mm -hmm. What would we call that? Just climbing? Yeah. So there's a documentary called Free Solo, and then there's one called The Dawn Wall. And it's all about these people who do these this incredible climbing of these like really steep walls. I don't think Cameron's really interested in that per se, but because we watched it with JC and Cameron was there, she now has an appreciation for it, even though maybe she wouldn't have chosen it. Sure. So sometimes something you can do, Katie, is like if you know, if the girls are like, I want to watch this, I want to watch this, or they're not agreeing, you can say Tuesday night is one of their nights to choose. Yep. Wednesday night can be your night. You can bring in, like Todd and I brought in a lot of 80s movies. And some of them maybe, you know, again, like, <laughs> it's all relative. Like, our girls watched The Fugitive at a young age, you know, mm -hmm. which was, it does have some violence um, not a ton, but it's, you know, I think Skylar saw it when she was like in fifth grade. Um, what other things we watched Juno well, as a we did family. Dead Poets Society. We did Dead Poets I think Society. we did Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. Yeah. So we brought in the movies we loved yeah. too, to show them. Right. And, um, a lot of it, and a lot of it, they didn't like, like we brought in Tommy Boy, we brought in, um, Wayne's World. They didn't like that, but we, they were like, okay, it's your night. So you get to choose. And so, um, you know, sometimes giving them instead of you saying girls or I don't know that you necessarily have two girls instead of saying kids this is what we're going to watch let them choose yeah. and introduce have them introduce things to you well and a few films that have a lot more intentionality versus entertainment uh -huh. um, I do want to highlight uh, the representation project they have some amazing films on there the mask you live in yeah. misrepresentation um uh, what are some of the other screenings that we've done in the past? Oh, we've done Screenagers. Yeah. Um, we've done, uh, we did the Empowerment Project. Mm -hmm. 
we did, like if you look at documentaries or, or we did the Kindness Project, Finding Kind. Finding Kind. That was really old. Some of these are going to be outdated. But um, it, yes, they're outdated and they're still really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. I mean, they, they definitely have the race to nowhere. Yeah, race to nowhere. So, you know, one. documentaries can sometimes be a hard sell to kids, but they really are targeted at kids. Well, and, you know, Kathy said this to me a million times. Sometimes it's like, okay, don't wait for everybody to be sitting down and just put it on. Yes. And then they will sometimes say, oh, what is this? And then they'll sit down versus if I would have made a big, big production out of it, they would have resisted and gone yeah. upstairs. Like Ted kind of wants to be like, this is our plan tonight, right? And we're going to watch this and then we're going to eat and then we're going to do this. And it sometimes can really turn the girls off. Yeah. Like where they're like, you're making this too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And if you just kind of are like, I'm going to watch this, join me if you want. Like, you know, I have to be honest about things and I'm not suggesting this to you, Katie, but a lot of the things that I watch, like crime things, the cult shows, my girls have watched some of those things with me, you know, and we have had good discussions. I'm telling you, like we did a we did a podcast with um, Sarah Nippy um, from Next. Well, they're not from Nexium. They are they host a little bit culty the podcast, but they left Nexium, and which is a cult. And they we had them on our show first of all because I loved them on their on the Vow, which is the HBO show they were on. But I also thought they have a lot to teach yeah. to parents and to kids about what can rope people into. You know, how are we susceptible to cultish experiences? And I am, I was, like I was involved in a lot of cultish things, maybe not a high profile cult like Nexium, but plenty of things that were kind of cultish. So I want to understand like what got me involved. And, you know, it's not just looking at them and saying, what's wrong with these people? It's like, what can we find how are we similar and how are we doing similar things? And so like with my girls, they didn't always watch everything with me, but we would have discussions or I'd send them a podcast about it or, oh, and now, and our girls are so much older, but we were watching Yellow Jackets. Lost is a good TV show to watch. With younger kids, do you think? Or is it too violent, Todd? Uh, It's so hard. some creepiness. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on how old and and also depends on the maturity. There could be a really immature 10-year-old and there could be a really uh, mature 10-year-old. So you have to trust your gut. Yeah. I think, Katie, if I was to like sum up this very long answer, it would be that you got to know your kids and what they're interested in. I would bring them into the mix and ask them what they want to see. And then I would occasionally like suggest or say, tonight's my night. I want to show you guys one of my favorite movies. I mean, there's the, you know, obviously we showed our kids The Wizard of Oz and all these classics. you know, all of the, um, some of the more like black and white classics too, like really oldie moldy movies. And so you just, you're, you're trying to give them kind of like a, a big, um, variety, variety. Thanks. That's the word I'm looking for. A variety of things they can choose from and that they'll, you're building some childhood memories too. You know, like I knew that some of the scary movies, uh, the first scary movie we watched together as a family was the sixth sense. And that was a choice that Todd and I made. We thought this is a good intro to scary movies because they were ready. Like at least our older daughter was telling us. And it was an awesome movie. She's like, I'm ready for a scary movie, but I wasn't going to like have her first scary movie be Saw Mm -hmm. or, you know, some slasher movie. So it's like, okay, let's, this is how it feels to watch a scary movie. Right. And, um, and we discussed it. All right. You ready for question two? Sure. Uh, It's from Kate from Tucson. Okay. Let's hear it. It's a little bit shorter question. Okay. Hey, y'all. Oh, no. She says, have y'all watched Servant on Apple TV? Oh, that's a great question. I have not, but I know it's on Apple TV. And I think it was one of the first shows that came out on Apple TV, like around the same time the morning show came out. And if I remember correctly from the trailer, Servant is scary. And I wonder if, is her name Kate or Katie? Uh, this is Kate from Tucson. I wonder if Kate thinks there's a deeper message in it. Because if there is, I'm, I'm guessing I'm she's all asking in. for a reason. Okay. I don't know what it is, but no, we have not seen it. Um, I'm trying to find a Philadelphia couple are in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens a door for mysterious force to enter their home. Wait a second. I got to backtrack. Katie, so not Kate, but Katie, I'm going back to the first question. Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. How about Ted Lasso? There you go. That's a great... There's a lot of depth in that show, Mm. a lot of things to talk about. I think it's great for all ages. It's a a rare show. Yeah. And it's optimistic. Yeah. You know, like in the way it's written, in the characters, even the characters who are really struggling and not making great choices... 
Hey, everybody. Are you looking for a way to entertain your kids in the car or maybe just a way to wind them down before bed? Then you've got to try Pinna. Pinna is an audio streaming service just for kids that includes tons of podcasts, audiobooks, and more for ages 3 to 12. But really, it's for everybody because, Todd, you and I were using it in the car ourselves. We did. Here is an example of the trivia that we did. Kenyan environmentalist Wangari Maathai became the first black woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize. True or false? Gosh, I don't think that's true. I'm going to say true. You say false. Okay. That's true. She was the founder of the environmental organization called the Green Belt Movement and won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004. Fantastic. Pinna provides a reliable routine you can stick with and something you can engage with daily or weekly. Plus, Pinna is a game changer for daily car trips to and from school or for weekend getaways. Uh, one of my favorite parts, it's ad-free and there it's screen-free entertainment. It's a routine the kids can look forward to and we look forward to. And it makes car rides more enjoyable for everybody. Pinna is offering our listeners one year of Pinna for 50% off. Just head to pinna.fm slash promo to sign up and use code ZPR at checkout. That's P-I-N-N-A dot F-M slash promo. So it's only 35 bucks for the whole year with their discount. So you can't go wrong. Pinna, awesome audio for kids. And now on with the show. And it's optimistic, yeah. you know, like in the way it's written, in the characters, even the characters who are really struggling and not making great choices, there's a warmth in that how people treat them. Mm -hmm. And so Ted Lasso, sorry, I thought of that because of Apple TV, but no, I haven't seen Servant. So Ted, I'm sorry, read that again to me. Philadelphia couple are in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens a door for a mysterious force to enter their home. And it's Mm -hmm. from M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Mm -hmm. I have not seen it. But it would be, I mean, I assume if she's asking, it's probably good. And maybe we'll catch it. Who knows? Yeah, I'm curious. It sounds similar. Like, I'm just going to make a prediction without knowing anything about this show. Uh, JC was just telling me that she finally watched The Babadook. Did I tell you that, Todd? Babadook. And I think they watched it on spring break. And there is always, when it comes to things like grief and, and loss, there's always this issue with darkness. <laughs> like I find that grief becomes this like this vacuum where like darkness can come in, in TV shows. I mean, not in real life, but then it's like the power of light over dark, right? Like will our grief take us down or will we find a way to find light again? Like mm-hmm. in let's, I mean, every show I'm kind of going to like, we were just talking about star Wars, like, Right loss. Yeah. I'm saying like a lot. When Luke loses everything, when the when his aunt and uncle are no longer alive, he's like, am I going to go this way and be taken down by this or am I going to follow a new path and find the light? And it's a very, just a very common theme with grief. Are you ready for the next one? Oh yeah, sure. That was it? Well, I mean, that was it. All I right. just want to know okay. if you've seen the show. I haven't seen it. Uh, Rebecca from Portland. Okay. First, I have to tell you that I've been listening to you for years, and your guidance and wisdom has been really been my North Star for parenting. Every time it gets hard, I just think about the importance of connection. This has been especially helpful with two teenage girls. Okay. My question du jour is, what does that mean? Soup of the the day? day? Mm -hmm. Question of the day. I'm trying to help my 13-year-old daughter navigate a tricky friend group dynamic. Okay. She changed schools and neighborhood right as the pandemic started. So for middle school, she's developed a whole new friend group. This group of kids seem less kind to Mm. me, in parentheses, than her old elementary school friends, and there have been many tears shed over mean remarks and being left out of hangouts, that kind of thing. Mm. She always feels left out, and my heart breaks for her, but I feel helpless about how to support her. I'm trying to just listen, hug her, make her laugh, watch shows with her, bake cookies, but I know what any 13-year-old really wants is best friends. But it's not like preschool where I can arrange for play dates. You know that quote, a mother is only as happy as her unhappiest child? I'm really feeling that today. Will this too, will this too pass? Hmm. So let me answer that last one, and then you can answer everything else. Okay. Yes, <laughs> it will pass. It will. 
Um, so hang in there, Rebecca from Portland. What do you got for her? So I would, I would uh, there's certain layers here. So the first layer I would say is if this is breaking your heart more than you expected, then this is not a just about your daughter. There's probably a lot in this that reminds you of being that age and maybe you know how it feels and it's because you're kind of walking through it with her, you're having the experience yourself again, or you're concerned that she's going to feel something that you felt that was really difficult. It's That's very common. All of us parents have this. This is not a you thing, Rebecca. This is all of us. But usually when we're feeling too invested or too enmeshed with the situation, it tells us we have to like create a little space and do a little work on our own about why this hurts so much. And you may say it hurts so much because my kid is hurt. Yes, but we also have to have enough space so we can help our kid. Because if we're just as hurt by what's happening to them, we're no good to them. Because we aren't supposed to be a friend who's gossiping with them about it or like, yeah, the, the, your friends suck or, or talking them out of being with these kids. We need to be a stable force that is not rocked by their emotional and social experiences. We need to be steadfast. And so the first thing is talk to your, you know, you're asking us the questions or already you're doing some work around it. And, you know, it is true. There is a quote that that as parents, if, you know, we're not, what did you say? The, um, if our kid is sad, then we're sad. While there is truth to that, and I've experienced it a ton, I also know that that is an indicator that, I need to not try and get my kid to be better or find a new friend group, but I need to do some of my own work so I can separate a little bit. The other part is, is that when a kid is 13, they are going to be changing friend groups. It's very common. Not all. Some kids stay with the same friends or kind of rotate with the same couple kids. But the the normalcy in middle school to have shifts in elementary school friends to different friends or maybe even like losing a big group of friends is very normal. It doesn't mean it feels good. It doesn't mean that we should, you know, just stand by and say, well, sorry, it's normal. We can still grieve with our children about the loss or talk to our children about how it's different with this new friend group. Like we can be right there with them. But I think as a parent, especially if this is your older kid, like you said, you're like, but then will it normalize again? It will. I The person I think of when you ask that question is I thought of Michelle Eichard, who wrote 14 Conversations Before the Age of 14. I recommend that book. Because um, she's really good at talking about these social changes that, you know, kids, their friend groups do change. And the thing is that, I mean, and I can say this too, you have to know what a not great friend is to know what a good friend is. And there are times when you are going to experience you, meaning your kids, them, they will experience friends that are not great to them and that maybe don't treat them the best way or they don't really have fun with them or they they feel put out or not seen. And that experience, while messy and uncomfortable, is part of the process of learning what a good friend is. And Todd and I, with all three of our kids, we've gone through that. Like, and when I say gone through it, I mean, we've watched our children navigate these experiences and it is uncomfortable, but who we are in the home is the people who are like, yeah, not only can you handle this, but I am here when you want to talk about things judgment free, where I'm not going to, you know, say, well, why would you hang out with these people or what's wrong with you? Or why don't you hang out with your old friends? We are not going to get involved like a 13 year old would get involved. We are going to be people who stand on the outside and listen here. If they ask for feedback, we can give them feedback. But I think if you started to come down on, and it sounds like she's being really open with you, which is great, but I think you kind of have to stand by her rather than tell her what to do. She may need to navigate this situation. And the crazy thing is these girls that may not be very nice or, you know, maybe she's feeling uncomfortable now. By the time she's in high school, it may not be that way anymore. Maybe she won't be with them at all, but maybe they will have evolved or matured. Like we don't know how these things are going to go. Well, and I will add that, you know, and I totally empathize with any parent who has to see their kids struggle or in pain or Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And this might come off kind of cold-hearted, uh, but the quote, a mother's only as happy as her, as her unhappiest child, that makes sense to me. And exactly what you said is if we are down as down in the dumps as our kid who's actually experiencing the mm-hmm. discomfort, mm-hmm. that's probably an unhealthy balance. Mm-hmm. And you talked about that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to reinforce that. Like, 
I mean, this is one of my greatest gifts, which is compartmentalization, and also is a curse. Sometimes I over-compartmentalize. I'd be like, oh, well, that kid's she, here, she's dealing with whatever. I'm going to see if I can help, and if I can't, I'm just going to put that part in my brain until I can figure out another way to help them. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not proud of that, but it is a skill that I have. And the opposite of that is when we're so enmeshed with our kids' experience, that's probably not that good either. Or over-invested where yeah. we're like, it shouldn't be this way, or how can I get it to change? Or how, and like you said, you want, you know, you're like, I want to get her play dates. And I, you know, here's the thing, everything you're feeling and all of these totally impulses normal. you have, I have them too. Yeah. So you're not going to be hard on yourself or like, oh, I'm doing it the wrong way. But what I'm going to question is not your feelings or your judgments on it, but your behavior. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Like instead of instead of like trying to come up with a plan in the middle of the night of how you're going to get your daughter out of this situation, what you're going to trust is that you are going to process your feelings with your partner or with your friends or with a therapist about how hard this is for you. And that, you know, you want to be the best support system you can be for your kid. And the more you do that, I think the sturdier your kid will feel because if they think that you are rocked, by their social situation. They're not going to come to you. Well, not only are they not going to come to you, but they may be like, oh my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is this that big of a deal? Like, am I... It'll put even more weight yeah, on Yeah, more the pressure, more weight. Like we need to, we don't, and again, <clears throat> we got to find a balance. We also don't stand outside of it and go, this is no big deal or yeah. you'll get through this. You meet them where they are. Just like I was talking about at the beginning, like when your daughter comes home and says, wow, you know, nobody sat by me at lunch or everyone was talking about something and they didn't tell me. And you say, oh my gosh, that must have really hurt. But you stay with that moment and you don't say, you know what, this means you should get rid of those friends or, or it doesn't mean where you start crying. You, you, you meet her where she is and you reflect back to her what she's experiencing. And then, you know, as I, don't, I would always say to my girls, you know, our most common sentence in this house is, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. What's the best thing I can do? And sometimes like... I'm thinking about a summer when one of my daughters was having a really hard time and she and I would just go for drives. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, let's just go get an iced tea or let's go, you know, let's go do something, not necessarily to avoid the feelings, but to soothe ourselves um, around, you know, this is hard. And and so let's go do something or, you know, let's watch a Parks and Rec or let's, you know, let's do something that is, warms us up a little bit. And, and so you're teaching them that, the pain is real and I understand why you feel the pain and I know you're having a hard time navigating it. And what can we do to be self-compassionate? What can we, what can we do to take care of ourselves and, and maybe find some humor in the moment or make home feel warm and safe? And give them space to feel their feelings. Yeah. If you can do that, um, you know, it's sometimes tricky because sometimes they don't want to feel their feelings because it's so uncomfortable. But if you can do that in a, I don't know, positive way, just allowing that feelings are feelings and it doesn't have to, um, it doesn't have to come out in any specific way, but the more that we can be open to that, to let the wave pass because the pain of being ostracized from a group is real Mm -hmm. and to try to talk them out of it or pretend it doesn't exist is not a healthy thing. So, um, if you can just do that, that, that would probably be of benefit. And to go off what Todd just said about let them feel their feelings, like a lot of parents will say, well, what does that mean? It just means to not try and make it better. You don't need to put a silver lining on it. You don't need to say, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. Or, you know, please don't say, well, here's what you should say to him tomorrow. Like you don't really want, unless she's saying I'm struggling with what to say next and she's asking for help, of course, but you don't need to become 13. You don't need to do that. What you need to do is stay your age with knowing that she's going to get through this and that you're going to be there no matter what happens. And, you know, that all of her feelings are valid and understandable. And she only has the limited understanding of a 13-year-old. So she just needs to know that the world is bigger. And you are going to say, you know, I understand why this hurts you. And I just want you to know that I'm here. And I also want you to know that I trust you through this, that I that I know you, you have got, skills. You got this, right. Yeah, you have skills to get through this. And then she may say, what skills? And you then get an opportunity to point out all the ways she shines. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so friendly. You you have such good self-care skills. You are so good at, you know, diving into books and getting into fiction. And so you can release your mind from these things or, you know, really kind of get into things, not just not just really surfacey things, but who she is and reminding her that life goes beyond 
just this experience she's having. But to bring it full circle again, for a 13 year old, these things are very important. So we want to make sure that we don't play them down either. It is. And so again, I'm going to, I'm going to direct you to Michelle Eichert's book, 14 conversations before the age of 14. 14. You ready for the last one? I am. It's our buddy, Matt, who's a team Zen member. The most recent podcast, one of your guests made a comment that stuck with me. It was the one with the eight month old. Todd, you asked something to the effect of, well, how well is your husband contributing? She said, He's contributing very well, but the workload is still 80-20. Perhaps she was exaggerating some, but it still struck me. Like, why is it skewed that much? Especially for someone who says uh, they're doing a good job of splitting up the labor. I've listened to podcasts and read books which discuss the topic in detail. So it's not my first time thinking about it, but it did make me pause and think again. What can I do as an expecting father to truly split the load 50-50? She will stay at home. She'll be a stay-at-home mom and I will work full time. How does that factor into the balance? I know we can and intend to drop a list of all the household duties and go through them one by one to make sure the distribution is fair. I also know we'll communicate constantly about it if it feels unfair. I know I can take initiative. Kathy, you once mentioned on a podcast about you and Todd when the kids were young and you said, why am I the only one who knows where their binky clothes or other items go? Uh, right. Thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> As a result, I've made an effort to understand the organization and her clothes and things starting now. Right, so right. W- what more can I do? Right. Do you want me to answer first or do you want to go first? Um, I will just say that we have talked about the balance of invisible and emotional labor a lot in Zen parenting. And I will include each of them in the resources section of um, this podcast. So that people can scroll below to see them? Yeah, okay. and I think we just did one like in the last two months about the lists. We went through, remember we went through all the oh, different Oh, yeah, lists. that was interesting. Yeah, that was and good. And I'll find that one too, mm-hmm. but um, I know that you uh, had a take on this one, so. So I think, um, Matt, your question is about uh, the fact we had Lauren and Michelle on, and Lauren, like you said, had an eight-month-old, and at the very end she said, but let's be real, it's still 80-20, because she was saying we're mostly 50-50, but let's be real. And I think why she was saying that is that the truth is when your baby is very little, especially if, um, and this can be true with adoption too, but if you gave birth to the baby and if you're, and if nursing is working for you or that's the, the choice, your body is a huge part of the process as, as a woman. And I don't know if there is a way, especially if you're nursing to make it 50, 50, I don't end I think that what you have to recognize is that some of the time, instead of trying to make it perfectly 50-50 as far as what you're giving to the child, maybe sometimes recognize that your partner is doing things you can't do, so support her. Yeah, your job is to, to support, support her. her. So it's like if she's nursing, like I, you know, I have to really take myself back because I haven't nursed for 15 years, but um, I used to need a glass of water. Sometimes my shoulders would hurt. Um, sometimes I would need like a, a blanket to put over my shoulders. And it would have been really great if someone's like, do you need anything? And Todd, you did sometimes. It's hard for me to remember. I'm sure you helped me Let's with Let's just things. assume I did everything right. <laughs> But remember how thirsty I'd get? Like there's all oh, these yeah. parts of I nursing that, that are crazy. Or sometimes you need like, you get kind of, you know, I would eat Luna bars sometimes because I'd get like, lose my energy. And sometimes it would just be, it would have been great like to take a nap during the day and then you take over and, and maybe it wasn't when you were supposed to be on, but you're supporting her and her taking care of herself so she can take care of the baby. So I think the first question, Matt, is your, or not the first question, but the answer is you never are on a piece of paper going to make it perfectly 50-50. I think we kind of talked about this last time on Team Zen um, when Matt asked a question is, I love that you're thinking about all these things because that is the first step, self-awareness. How can I be proactive in, in making sure that I show up in a way that makes me feel like I'm, I'm in my integrity, that I'm protecting my partnership and loving my child. That is beautiful. At the same time, you have to jump in with both feet into the mess, that there are going to be days when it's just not fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are going to be, I think, a conversation that Todd and I have had over and over again for the 21 years we've been married is what does fair look like now? Because what was fair two weeks ago may not be what's fair now. Like, I need something different now. He needs something different now. So fairness isn't all about doing things right down the middle. 
it's what are what are the obstacles that are being thrown our way right now and how can we make this fair? Because something I realized recently, Todd, sorry, just to like share a side note is, you know, over the last, since I had children, this is deep thought, okay? I have also been helping take care of my parents, okay? So my my dad got sick when I was 27. I had my first child at 30. And then my dad was sick for a long time, and then he passed, and then my mom was sick for a long time, and then she just passed. And I also had very young children going through things and teenagers going through things. And I realized how now... I realized how tired and depleted I always was. I also had chronic migraines, chronic migraines, like two headaches a week. And I was still, what, now when I look at myself, I'm like, Kathy, of course you didn't want to go out on Friday night. But I would beat myself up because Todd was like, let's go have fun. And I'd be like, I want to go have fun, but I'm so tired. And I couldn't articulate what I was experiencing because I only knew that moment. And all I thought was, is I'm missing it. I'm missing it. Now I have so much compassion for both of us, Todd, looking back where I'm like, wow, there was a lot on our shoulders, both you and I. And sometimes we'd be so hard on each other or on ourselves when really we were going through things that we couldn't even see we were going through till we were out of it. Sure. And I think that's definitely true. Like, Well, and he's about to have a baby. Yeah, your wife is going to change. Well, it's going to be chaos, man. Chaos. And it's going to be awesome and challenging and difficult and, and loving mm-hmm. and infuriating and sleep depriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got this. And that's the thing is like one, I, I mentioned this on a show a couple of weeks ago. Do you have an appointment? No, it's so, I was supposed to email Team Zen. That was my, that's my email. When that alarm goes off, that's like a, that's a an alarm reminding me to do something. So that's what I think about. Do you remember that Sesame stuff. Street where... Um, Ernie's got the four um, uh, strings on his yeah, each of yeah, his yeah, fingers, yeah, yeah. and Bert's like, uh, "Why do you have uh, a string around this finger?" He's like, "Oh, that's to remind me that I have a string on that finger." Uh-huh. And then he says, "Well, what? A, why do you have a one on that finger?" He's like, "Well, it's to remind me that I have on that <laughs> finger." And then finally, Bert's like, well, "Why on the last finger?" And Ernie doesn't remember. So. <laughs> Well, can I, and this isn't really exactly the same, and you guys do not watch this on YouTube, but I kind of wish you would because I have so many alarms. Yeah. (laughs) I have, like, I have... Sir, I have a pay, like I have 12 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m. Like, and I have a million of them and they have notes next to them, like 6.15, make lunch. Some of them are sad because it's like 8 a.m., call mom. Yeah. It makes me sad. Um, Like, you know, one says good morning. And Todd's like, how many alarms do you have? Todd, I have eight different alarms for around 7 a.m. Yeah. And I don't get rid of them. Do you guys get rid of them? I do. I do I not. go through them. Um, oh, my God. I've so- can I finish that thought, though? Hold on. <laughs> That's, that's Ernie laughing. All right, Ernie, what is it? What is it? What's so oh, funny? It's just funny. Bird is just a. It's a very funny part of the book. Bird, Ernie, that's just all. Put the book down and. Oh, Bert's such a grumple stillskin. I know. I love the odd Ernie. Couple. Who's your favorite Sesame character? Sesame Street character? Uh, probably Cookie Monster. Oh, really? I follow him on Twitter. Cookie's probably third or fourth for me. Cookie is, I like the way he talks and he's very focused on one thing, cookies. Yes, he is. And I also like, I, I have a soft spot for Oscar. Um, oh, you do? I do. Oh, you know who my favorite, My it, it, I, I don't take back the two that I just said, but uh, Grover. Yeah, I think Grover and the new, and, and when I say new, probably 25 years old uh-huh. new, Murray. I love you Murray. Love Murray. We loved Murray when our girls were little. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Matt, for that little... Um, no, Matt loves that discussion. <laughs> we went around the block and I'm coming back. So what I was going to say is when your child comes into your home, um, the insides of you will change. Like your your neural pathways change. Every, the way things work in your body changes. Um, and your wife will literally not only be going through those emotional changes, but she will also be experiencing all of her body healing and, and coming back. And if she, if you, if, you know, if you guys are going to nurse, that's going to be a whole nother thing. So it's almost like you have to go into it and know that every day is going to be different and that it's not going to be perfect, but you have an agreement up front that you are going to tell each other the truth, communicate, take space when you need it, take care of yourselves 
and each other. A big thing that Todd and I did was take care of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning I didn't feel like it was my responsibility to take care of Todd. Todd didn't feel like it was his responsibility to take care of me. We did that work on our own and then we supported each other. Do you and, see what I mean? And enjoy the ride. Yeah. Or or hold on. It's a roller coaster. I happen to like the roller coaster. Watch the movie Parenthood. Yes. When grandma does her speech about the merry-go-round and the roller coaster, just goes round and round. And um, and grandma's genius, even though she's sitting in the neighbor's car. I want to play it, but it's three minutes long. But it's a great part. I think you should play it. Really? Mm-hmm. Not the three minutes, but like start it from the right place. Dave called. He was crying. He actually cried. He said if I'd come back to give me a corner office. Things. I mean, baseball's the least of it. And then all those things sometimes are going to miss. Sometimes you're going to miss. Sometimes they won't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they, won't. sometimes they will. What do you want me to give you? Guarantees? These are kids, not appliances. Life is messy. Here, messy. Here comes Grandma. I hate messy. It's, it's so, so messy. messy. You know, when I was 19, Grandpa took me on a roller coaster. Oh. <laughs> up, down, up, down. Oh, what a ride. What a great story. I always wanted to go again. You know, it was just interesting to me that a ride could make me so, so frightened, so scared, so sick, so, so excited and... And so thrilled all together. Some didn't like it. They went on the merry-go-round. That just goes around. Nothing. I like the roller coaster. You get more out of it. Is that good? That's good. I mean, Grandma's genius, everybody. And I know it's so easy to play a movie clip and for Todd and I to say, you'll get through it. Like we sound like we're being, we're pacifying, but it's just the truth. And and the thing is you, you know, that what we have to not do is think every day is supposed to be good and that a mistake we made is the end of the world or that a messy day means we're screwing up or that because something didn't go our way, we don't understand life. Like... We have to be more compassionate than that. We have to understand that's part of it. Pain, messy, challenge, unpredictability is part of it. It doesn't mean that we're off track. Sometimes going off track is what gets us back on the right track. You see what I mean? Like that's what a roller coaster does. Sometimes it like goes upside down and round and round and then you go straight again and then you go down and that's that's life, man. And if you've got kids or not, like this isn't just a parenting thing. This is life. Last 20 seconds. I happen to like the roller coaster, okay? As far as I'm concerned, your grandmother is brilliant. She's brilliant. Come on, Taylor. Come on, hurry up. Yeah, if she's so brilliant, how come she's sitting in our neighbor's car? <laughs> it's a great movie. That was the very first pop culturing episode we, we did. We did. So for those of you who are now following pop culturing, because we told you to, if you scroll back through all of our episodes, our very first one was Parenthood. So I'm going to say, I'm going to invite everybody who wants to ask Todd and Kathy a question. Can't promise we're going to get to it, but uh, just click on the link in the show notes and just click on the link and... Boom, talk into your microphone and who knows, maybe you'll end up on a Zen Parenting podcast. Yeah. Or email us. The Ask Me Anything page has both options. And as you see, we get a little tangential. We very much do. <laughs> but that's what, like, can I just say something about that? Sure. That's the truth. Like when Todd and I are like, yeah, you could do this, but oh, you could go here. That's what it is. Anybody who gives you final answers about just do this or do this or this is the most important, I call baloney. Or I BS, but I don't want to share. I, there is no absolute way. You're going to nope. try things and it's going to fail and you're going to try things and you're going to succeed. And that's kind of how life is. And you learn more from your mistakes and you do your best moments. Always. Um, speaking of mistakes, Gift of Failure. We're going to have uh, Jessica Leahy on in April. Nice. She wrote The Gift of Failure, one of my favorite parenting books of all time. And The Addiction Inoculation, Yeah, right? and she, I asked her, do you want to talk about this book or that book? And she doesn't care. Okay. Whatevs. Um, quick highlight promo to uh, Jeremy Kraft. He does painting and remodeling all throughout Chicago. 
uh, inside, outside. He'll do kitchens. He'll do basements. He'll put a second floor on your house. That's what he did for us. It's Avid Company, and it's avidco.net, and his phone number is 630-956-1800. I'm also the executive director of Men Living, so if there's any guys out there that want to get, get real and connect deeply and live fully, uh, go to menliving.org. Kathy's got an amazing book called Zen Parenting, yeah. Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in, in an Unpredictable, unpredictable world. world. And by the way, this weekend, the Kindle was $2.99. Really? Yeah. I don't, it was 83% off. Those things don't stick around. It's just like, a, you know, it just happens occasionally where That's quite Amazon a discount. gives you a deal. I know. And then three days later, it'll be gone. So go check it out if you want the Kindle for spring break. $2.99. Go get it. Boom. And then you can get it. And even if you can't read it now, you can save it for another time. There you go. Um, so we'll see you all next week. I want everybody to keep trucking, for goodness sakes. And uh, happy end of March, early April. Yeah, enjoy. And uh, again, listen to Greece, listen to The Hangover, and Three's Company's on its way and for pop culture. And there's another one. And we'll, I don't know. we got to figure out what we're going to do yeah, next. We'll keep going. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us. You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.